everybody, we are back. All new edition. Just, uh, headphones are really loud <laughs> for some reason today. Fresh takes Russo and Police. I am Paul Russo. Across from me, as always, man, myth, guy who is here on time today, Nick Felice. Nick, how you doing? Long time no see. Thank Not you. like I just didn't spend very much three straight days with you. <laughs> yeah, long time no see. Uh, there we go. Yeah, um... You know, this is episode number 113 of the Fresh Takes with Russo and Felice podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. We had a good weekend in Pittsburgh, Paul. You, me, my brother, and my friend Josh. And uh, yeah, we're back now here in Sacred Falls. <laughs> I wish I was still in Pittsburgh, but, uh, you know, the Olympics have started. The NBA still going on. But we got another great show for you. Yeah. It was a fun weekend. Yeah. I did not win anything. Betting was terrible. Yeah, not my brightest moment overall. Matt took home, I think, almost a thousand bucks. Somehow. <laughs> well, he won six hundred and eighty. Well oh well if we're talking in that realm, yes. Nick did or Matt did. Hey, I thought we were talking about specifically in Pittsburgh. I'm like, he did not. <laughs> no. He took home it was a Delago bet, but it was six hundred eighty dollars for Morikawa win the Open Championship. So congratulations to Matt. Thanks for being a guest on this podcast. <laughs> Thanks for driving. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We drove. You know, I was more than willing to pick up a a shift, but it's not too bad. Pittsburgh's just under five hours. Repping my new hometown team, the Pittsburgh Pirates, tonight. So Yeah, we were not even, even talked about the game. The walk-off <laughs> grand slam by Jacob Stallings. That was wild, dude. I'm so happy. I had a nacho thrown at me by some pissed-off Met fan. Yeah, 314-0 teams were this season. Taking yeah. a sixth-run lead into the eighth inning. Not this time. And then, the next day, the Pirates blew a 6 nothing lead as well. But Mets are awful. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff, but nice hat. Thank you. Nick, you alluded to it, obviously, NBA Finals. We got the MLB trade deadline. We'll talk some stuff about that since it's next week. The NHL expansion. Seattle Kraken have their expansion draft tomorrow. Did you think three years ago so, when we started this podcast, we'd ever be talking about the Seattle Kraken? Well, I mean, I think at the time they were, they were for sure looking to get one more, one more NHL team in there. So, I didn't think the Vegas Golden Knights were a thing. Three years ago, yeah, they were. They they were officially added into the league. Okay. I don't think they had their draft yet, but they were in the league technically. All right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, how was Sheets' neck? By the way, before we move on, how was Sheets? It was. It was. Did you eat all your food? I did eat it all when I got <laughs> home. Um, <laughs> Everything looked good. My man, let alone what they actually ordered. People of the of the internet, I need to tell you. My man Nick Felice literally ordered one of every sauce on the menu. Yep. <laughs> that included, and this is a key part in this because he did not get any like dessert food from Sheets. This included both peanut butter and hot fudge. <laughs> well, I did get a dessert. I ate it before you got to the table. Oh, what'd you I get? I got the Oreo. Oh, you did get the fried Oreos. Yes. Okay. Yes. I ate them. There was only three of them. Oh, I only got the three piece. Mm-hmm. I By the get, time you got Yeah, it. I got the five piece. Yeah, no. It's a rookie mistake. What was the last thing I got? And uh, no, it was a three piece. I ate it before you got there. 
ah. to the table. Well, a mistake on your part. Yes. You didn't get the hot fudge or the I peanut butter on for it, man. What, what were you thinking? Huh? You didn't put the hot fudge or the peanut butter on your fried Oreos. The hot fudge. Well, I did do it. You did? Yes. It looked unopened when I got to that. Uh, it wasn't I don't, a lot. It wasn't I don't know. know. It was unopened. I put it back together. I put it. Uh-huh. I did do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would have just done the peanut butter next time. The hot fudge was all right. Probably wasn't exactly hot, was it? No. It was, It was. you know, it was warm. Okay. No, I was, I'm, but I'm a peanut butter guy, so. Oh, peanut butter kicks ass. Yeah, so, yeah, it was a good experience. Uh, I, have been, I have been before, but, you know, it's been a while, so. Mm-hmm. It's a good place. Um, Circle K, step up your game. <laughs> That's really all I gotta say. Burn dairy. Gotta expand from the milk. <laughs> uh, Wait a second. Okay, now hold on. We need to backtrack for a second. Then. No, I do like burn dairy. You said uh, down in Pittsburgh, you're talking about how like they need burn dairies down there because that's all you would eat or whatever. <laughs> I said, seats is just a better dandy, way better. Dandy. You need to wait. God, dandy's not bad. A place called Dandy cannot be in the top echelon. I Jim Dandy. I think based off the name Jim Dandy, can I'm not allowing. I'm it. just saying. I'm not that allowing it's it. No. I'm not a Circle K guy only because it's right there for gas. But especially, did you know the Circle K out near the thruway doesn't even sell alcohol? So yeah, they do. No, I'm pretty sure they don't. They do. No, they I think the Bernie Dairy does. They lost their license for like. Two weeks. <laughs> I don't think they have it anymore. They do. Go out there next. Go out there and. Look. I will. I will. You'll and, lose money. But I will still go to Burn Dairy because Burn Dairy is the goat. I don't know what's going on with the mics today, but they seem especially like hot. Like I can I, hear I'm, it. I can definitely I'm, hear it. I'm, over here. I'm fiddling over here with like a couple of like the, the sliders and things. I don't know what's. But going if you're on. in New York, Burn Dairy's the goat of gas stations. Shut up. It is. It's plain and simple. Best pizza. The Bucks are up three to two on the Suns. <laughs> so I completely stomp out Nick. <laughs> they played five games in two weeks. Five games in two weeks with the last potential two going the course of a whole entire other week. That's terrible. Bucks look to close out the series tonight in Milwaukee. Scott Foster had official tonight. It's over then. So. But anyway, fantastic games uh, the past few. Obviously, we have a, a new alleged greatest block of all time, which is not, but it's certainly up there in discussions. Um, Drew Holiday, I know certain people are haters of Drew, but he's obviously stepped up his game to accompany Giannis and really carry that team for a while. Um, this has been a tough finals overall to watch, in my opinion. Um They've been really great. I don't think it's as been as bad as a lot of people think. Uh, it's just the finals. It's been hard to kind of get hyped up about overall. Um, but the play has been good. Uh, admittedly, probably not the most I've been able to watch the finals or have wanted to watch the finals in the past couple years. But that being said, it's still a little bit of a tune-in every here and there. Um, it's tough. But, Nick... From your perspective, can the Bucks close it out tonight? Because when we did our last podcast, I did say that I didn't think a team would be able to win more than two straight. And the Bucks have won three straight. Can they get that fourth tonight, or do we get a game seven in Phoenix? Uh, it ends tonight. Um, 
just because the Bucks are the way better team. Um, I know a lot of the fans I've noticed have gone to the Suns side of things. I don't care for the Suns. I care for the Bucks because of Patty C and Notre Dame. And he's going to be an NBA champion tonight. It's going to be an awesome feeling for Notre Dame uh, because Devin Booker sucks. Uh, Kentucky sucks. But, uh, you know, uh, this has been a nice run by the Bucks. You know, when the Suns went up 2-0, you thought they, you know, were going to take control of the series, maybe win in four or five games. Now the Bucks can win this thing in six games. Um, they needed to get that one. They knew they had to win one game on the road. In Phoenix, they did that in Game Five, um, but I might check it out tonight. Um, USA Olympic softball is at eleven, but uh, <laughs> but I USA. But I might check out the NBA Finals tonight. I've only seen a couple minutes. We didn't even see it in Pittsburgh Game Five there. Um, I don't even remember it being on any TV, um, but. I might check it out a little bit tonight after this podcast, um, because I've only think I've only seen the end of Game Four, and that was like the last few seconds. I just have not cared. You just you got two teams that have made nice runs. I just don't care who wins. Uh, I'd like to see the Bucks win, but I really don't care. Um, you and, and you know any type of championship you like to see David versus Goliath, but here you got two Davids and. It's just, yeah, I just don't care. But, um, you know, it's nice. This is great for the NBA. I think I've said this before. It's great for the NBA to get away from the super teams, have them lose like the LeBrons and the Nets. Um, yeah, so it's definitely good for the NBA, but ratings are showing it's not. And uh, it is better ratings than last year's finals, the bubble finals. But... You know, they're still trying to finish up, but they haven't had a full season since 1819. So. Great year. Yeah. 1819. But, you know, root for the Bucs. I think they closed it out tonight. Greek Freak will still get MVP. I know some people have said Milton might get MVP. Greek Freak will still get MVP. No doubt about it. And. His first of many championships if he does close it out. So, And Paul, is I give him the credit, all the credit for this. He said before anybody else that he'd be a top five player of all time. No, he's not a top five player of all time right now. But people thought you were crazy when you said I that. I was the closest one out of our friend group and get Giannis right. So I'll take it. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Nick. <laughs> yes. Yes, you, you called that. I tried more than y'all. Greaky freaky, baby. Um, yeah, you bring up an interesting point, actually, with the MVP discussion, because I did want to ask this. Um, the person who I would be getting, giving Files MVP to tonight, if it ended tonight, not Milton or Giannis. I'm giving it to Drew Holiday. I mean, what he's been able to do kind of trench-wise, right? Um, big, showed up really showed up really well defensively, and he's played offense when he needed to play offense. Um, something that... The Bucks needed to do in the stretch. I don't care what anybody says. Bledsoe wasn't doing that for him last year, so or uh-huh. the years prior. So, hard not. I think in my mind, give it to Drew at this point. He's always been a great MVP player. Yeah, I hate how people don't like him. How they don't think he's like good or anything like that. It drives me up a bit of a wall. Honestly, he's top ten point guard in the league. 
it's kind of the same, you know, yeah. I don't know if you'd call it the same, but it's kind of the same reputation as Chris Paul in a sense because no one ever really looked to him as True. like the greatest point guard of all time, or not of time, the greatest point guard in his time, his Generation, era. yeah. But he, he really is. And, um, yeah, I think him and Chris Paul definitely similar where they just don't get the respect like these other point guards, like Russell Westbrook, like um, <laughs> like Kyrie Irving, uh, like I guess Damian Lower. Does Damian Lower get really get respect? I think he's starting nah, to. Even then, though, it's like well, it's I guess Stephen Curry, Stephen Curry, Luka Doncic, these type of point guards. You know, they're more talked about than Drew Holiday. Chris Paul. Drew Holiday's just a pro, and um, he's definitely a point guard everyone wants to have on your team. You would love to have Drew Holiday on your team. Uh, sure, he can't win a team by himself, but he's on a team that has the Greek Freak, has Middleton, who's been improving every year, and um, yeah, he's a great piece of that team. You know, I don't think this is the deepest Bucks team they've had in these in these stretches, but. Just a more complete starting lineup, I think. I don't know about that. Uh, the bench could be better. I thought their bench has been, you know. I mean, I think this is maybe, maybe it's not like in the sense that you're making it the deepest, but this is definitely the best bench they've ever had, at least in this Giannis run. I mean, I mean, yeah, guys, pretty much you got Bobby Portis coming off the bench most nights. Um, stuff that Connaughton and DiVincenzo Vincen- have been able to do when they've needed to play. Bryn Forbes. I don't know, Nick. I think this is their best bench. All right. We're just going to I think we're disagreeing. Disagree. I think we're disagreeing on which part of the depth part we agree on. but I think their starting lineup has improved because, like mm-hmm. you said, Holiday's better than Bledsoe, but I don't think it's their best bench. But it's not like it's a bad bench. It's a good bench. I just think there are other teams that they've had in these last few years have had better benches. But it's more complete starting lineup, and that's what you need at the end of these games, at the start of these games, and it's working. And uh, it's also helped that they've had a... um, It's also how they've had a easier stretch than uh, years past. They did beat the, the Nets, um, but I'll be I'll go there. The Nets did have a few injuries. Uh, you know, I never thought the Sixers were that good, uh, and I I don't know who they played in the first round. They played the Heat. Oh, yeah, the Heat. Too soon. Uh, yeah, it's just you look at the top of the league. It was the Sixers and the Jazz. That's just not, you know, that's not going to work. Um, that's that's not who you're scared of. Um, and then LeBron went out early. The Suns are a young team. So it's kind of been easier stretch than you've seen. You don't see the Warriors anymore. You don't see the, the, the great Cavs. Uh, but it's still a good run. Still one that the Greek Freak will remember forever. Uh, but they're a good team. Well coached. Boone Holtz is the best coach in the league at me. <laughs> right oh, now. I will at you on that one. He is. Boone Holtz is the best coach in the league right now. Uh, he's a Popovich, Popovich tree. Uh, but his reign as the best coach in the league will not last long because Thibs will take it over. And that's my case. 
Go Bucks. It's over tonight. Thank goodness. That's all I gotta say. Sorry, I was I was trying to fiddle with more stuff over here because I cranked the headphone. I'm doing stuff. I'm getting it figured out. <laughs> Let the tech guy get it. That's how that works. Um, yeah, Boonholzer is not the best coach in the league. <laughs> Disagreeing again. I mean, I'm not doing this like tonight with this, but Boonholzer definitely is not. This was a dude who was on the hot seat mid year, so. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Who is? Best coach in the league? I swear, if you say Eric Spolster, I'm going to get up and punch you in the face. Popovich? Oh, that's such a boring answer. Oh, what'd you want me to say? <laughs> Ryan Sanders. Popovich is over the hill. He needs to call oh, it. He God. lost to Nigeria in Australia. He's oh, done. Oh, you want to do this conversation? <laughs> He's done. He's over the hill. As Man, a the coach. next, lo- the next loss to the Hawks. <laughs> yeah, the lowly Hawks. He's done, man. Popovich is over the hill. Let Becky Hammond take over the team, and the Spurs will be back in the playoffs. But for now. Boonholzer's the best coach in the league. Case closed. Champion tonight. Who won coach of the year? Phibbs. I'd take Phibbs over Boonholzer. I absolutely would agree. But right now, he's not. He's second. Monty Williams is fifth. Monty Williams is better than, <laughs> Monty Williams is better than Boonholzer. I can't hate Monty Williams. Notre Dame, respect. Oh, here now. <laughs> Be like me saying, Bill Ambeer's the greatest player of all time. And you agree because, well, he went to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. He is. Austin <laughs> Carr. Did you even know that he went to Notre Dame before I said that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Uh, yeah, yeah, I digress. For my time. I've only heard of Austin Carr because I heard he's the great. He's the GOAT. He's the GOAT Cavalier, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they love him in Cleveland. Speaking of Cleveland. Uh-huh. The MLB trade deadline is next week. Yeah, Friday, right? The thirtieth. So yeah, what happened to the thirty-first? I don't know. Manfred, do we blame Man, him? Manfred? Please, we blame him there. Big Rob Manfred. He had anyway. To, he had to change that too, huh? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, quite the interesting baseball year overall to get us to this point. Teams that we thought would be really good, maybe not so much. The teams we thought would be bad. Some are, some aren't, though. Buyers, sellers, who's on the move? I think the biggest name so far at the moment that's going to be probably on the move has got to be Chris Bryant. That's in terms of maybe name-wise. Now, he is having a really good bounce-back year from the past couple where he has struggled, admittedly. Obviously, he didn't make the all-star team, but he's batting a pretty respectable range in anywhere between the 270 to 290 range, depending upon how his week's going. But then you also have a really great slew of uh, guys that are going to be available. Starling Marte, Adam Frazier, the way it sounds. I'm sorry, Nick. <laughs> I'm sorry. Eduardo Escobar of the Diamondbacks. Then you also have guys, you know, many teams that are going to be buying that maybe you didn't think are going to be buying, but never say never. But you have also on the boot potentially. Let's take a look at a guy like Nelly Cruz. 
who will be who is available at the deadline. Byron Brooks. Buxton. Byron Buxton's available. I've heard Jose Barrios also potentially available for the Twins. So wow, a lot of people, a lot of names that are probably going to be on the move this year. That being said, who are our big buyers probably? Well, you have to take a look at maybe a team like obviously the Astros, A's. The Yankees appear to be probably buying only out of the sake of their own injury mess, but that's a different discussion. Atlanta currently is in buy mode in the NL Central. Brewers and the Reds probably will be the only two really buyers there. NL West, you're probably going to have three teams that are going to be buyers, right? Padres, Dodgers, and Giants, who have been the really great surprise of the MLB season so far, probably. They are. Yeah, team in the AL West, you know, obviously the Astros are going to be buying. The A's are going to be buying. Mariners are in the middle. I think they're actually probably going to lean closer to the buy side if I had to actually get it. I think it. the Mariners are staying. Yeah, but I think so too. But if you had to move a gauge, I think they're probably on the buy side a little bit more than they would be on the sell side. You never know what the. They're, the Angels, know. I th- I don't know what the Angels are going to do. <laughs> um, they're kind of caught in tax luxury hell. Obviously, the Rangers will be selling. Um, Blue Jays probably buying. Rays probably buying. Red Sox definitely buying. Yankees buying. Ray- or Orioles probably will be the only sellers. And even then, I don't know what they're going to give up because they have a really good nucleus. Then obviously the NL East, Mets are probably going to be buying. They should be buying. Braves are buying. Nationals are an interesting spot. I've heard they might move, try and move Scherzer. So it sounds like they're they going to be sellers. On. Phillies, I think, will be more on the buying side of things. You know, the league's kind of everywhere. It's an interesting deadline this year. So, Nick, we go to you. What can we expect this deadline? Because, like I said, this is an interesting year. Kind of everybody is going to be all in, I think, to a degree if you're buying. So it's going to be a pretty big bidding war, I would say. Well, the Cubs are going to unload. Mm-hmm. I think Bryant, Rizzo, Kimbrell all getting moved. Um, you know, you got to remember, we've been doing this since 2011 now, I believe. The second wild card. Other than 2020, we had five wild cards. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, the second wild card, though, just like we've been saying for the last 10 years, uh, it allows more teams to be in the hunt. Because right now, you know, you look at the difference between the Rays and the A's. Back in the day, when there was only one wild card, the Rays would be in and the A's would be two back. Now the Rays got two games of room. I believe it's two. It's something around there. But, you know, now it keeps more teams in the hunt. Um, So there's less sellers than there are buyers in that case. And, um, you know, a lot of teams just, you know, in the middle there just stay put and they don't make any moves. And and especially if you're a young team like the Mariners, uh, like the Marlins, teams like that. Uh, even though the Marlins have faded a little bit. Uh, but those teams are not going to be doing anything because they are trying to grow their nucleus. Like I mean, they might trade like some of their older players, like you said, like Starling Marte. But other than that, no, they're going to try to keep these young guys going. Um, you know, I know you're not a big Derek Jeter guy, 
But I think he's done a decent job over there in Miami. Yeah, it's the same Miami shenanigans going on now, though. just saying, Christian Yelich, don't walk too hot. Um, But, uh... (laughs) Yeah, and the Marlins are still not willing to pay their players because they they don't have money. They did make the NLDS last year. (laughs) Wait, hold on, though. This actually brings up a good point. You do know what's going on in Miami right now, right? Baseball. Yeah. Like, they're, like, running low on money. They're running low? Yeah. So is A-Rod going to buy it? <laughs> Just bought the the Timberwolves and Lynx. Does Anthony Edwards know who A-Rod is yet? Remember talking about that? <laughs> <laughs> it's not, like, one of the least, like, crazy things I feel like we've talked about on here. But, uh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. But They know. offered, you know the extension they offered Marte? Was three years, thirty million. Is that good? No, it's underselling his value, so that way they can make it sound like when they trade him, like, well, he didn't take the extension. Well, I'm sorry, I come from a Pirates team where our highest paid player is Gregory Blanc, who makes yeah, eleven you be, million. You should be upset about this too, because it's the same shenanigans that Nutting does. Mm-hmm. Low ball, and then just say, well, no. we had to trade him because we didn't do the extension. No, none needs mind control me. If he ain't worth six million, you're off the team. Anyway, back to you. Uh, um, so yeah, you just really don't know who's gonna get buying. Um, since we'll stay local here, <laughs> we'll talk about the Yankees. Um, Paul, what position do the Yankees need most? Everything. <laughs> I think. That- uh- I I say outfield because that's where all the injuries are right now. I uh, definitely need some pitching and a shortstop. What about first base? Yeah, that'd be nice. I heard someone said Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees. What would you? I think? mean, I wouldn't be upset. I like Riz. He'd be awesome at that stadium. Yeah, yeah. And they need a first baseman. Yep. I think that would be a tremendous move. But do you I believe like in Brian Cashman in twenty twenty one? I don't know if I believe him. It's tough to get behind him. You know what I mean? Do you believe in Steinbrenner's son? Mm, starting not to. <laughs> <laughs> Do they need to make the ALCS or is this season a bust? They just need to make the playoffs at this point or else it's a bust. Really? Yeah. Not the ALCS? At this point, just make the playoffs. One game playoff? Yep. That's even a success, even if they lose in that game. At this point. Okay. What about pitching? Are you happy with the pitching? Not overall, but I don't think it's our biggest worry right now. Do you like Jordan Montgomery? Yes. Are you sure? Yep. (laughs) Do you like Jermon? I hate Herman, no. (laughs) Do you think he wins tonight? I hope he doesn't. I think the game's almost over, but... um, what about the bullpen? Definitely need some arms there. Darren O'Day is done for the year. Does Chad Green deserve an extension? Yes. <laughs> I, every time I see that guy pitch, he sucks. <laughs> Does Chapman need to pitch oh, more? It's like me saying every time I see Will Crow pitch, he sucks. <laughs> Does Chapman need to pitch more? Yes. In the closer role? Yes. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. He is a closer. Does Aaron Boone need to get extension? No. Hmm. 
Any chances he gets fired before the season's end? I think it depends how the rest of the way plays out. If the um, Yankees don't make a move this trade deadline, what are your thoughts? I think Hal needs to look in the mirror and figure it out fast. Yeah. Because... They better make a move. Yeah. You're the New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. And as a Knicks fan, we're pretty similar. Yankees, Knicks, pretty similar teams. Um, we both have made we both have made a championship since two thousand nine at least. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I think they got to make a move. I think Rizzo's the big move. I think they go for him. Do I want to see that? Absolutely not. Uh, but <laughs> um, you know, I think the Red Sox are going to play on this trade deadline. I think the Red Sox are going to make the right moves. And once again, they're going to beat the New York Yankees like they always do. And um, so we'll see what happens. I'm excited. I'm always a big fan of the deadline. I believe Manfred screwed this up going on July 30th. Um, must have something going on that 31st. So, uh, um, But he's doing a heck of a job. He's a great commish. Um, you know, I think he deserves extension. Uh, I know that bargaining deal is coming up here soon. So uh, I'm ready for the lockout. And uh, I can't wait to see how long uh, they fight for. So uh, that's all I got to say on the trade deadline. Adam Frazier, I hope you go to a good team. Josh Bell needs to get traded to the American League. Uh, and that's really all I got to say. Interesting. <clears throat> McCutcheon, yeah. come back. This will be interesting because it sounds like the Cubs are going to be, as you said, outright sellers. Uh, the guys who you think are good, who have been there for a while, aren't going to be there anymore. The way it sounds, um, Kimbrel, Rizzo, Baez. Baez is the interesting one. <laughs> I don't know who's going to really want to take him. He wants a two, a three hundred million dollar extension, I believe it is. <laughs> and that's, I don't know who's going to really give it to him. That's cheap. Whatever you say. Um, so, going to be interesting. Certainly will be interesting. Um, obviously, what do you mean by Josh Bell's an interesting one because this this is an interesting DH market because rarely do you ever have a pure DH. You hear that? Yeah, I think it was ice. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, rarely do you ever have a pure DH become available on the trade market like a Nelson Cruz. Um, so I think it actually hinders a guy like Josh Bell's potential in the marketplace to go to an American League team. Um, that being said, I mean, I, I think a lot of it depends on what the price is for Nelson Cruz. Um, if it becomes too high, does a team like, say, the White Sox look at the Nationals and say, hey, Josh Bell, you know, certainly comes at a lower price tag than Nelson Cruz. So it'll be interesting there. He just needs to go to American League. Time to reset, you think, for a little bit? He can't play the field. Oof. Probably the worst first baseman if you ever really watch him. I haven't seen him in a year, but he's terrible first baseman. You feel for him. I'm going through the league right now. I'm trying to think if I had it quick. What are you thinking? Buckner? I mean, Buckner? No, Vladdy Jr. is rough in the field. I mean, Pete Alonso's pretty rough in the field, too. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, a lot of guys. David Ortiz. Well, not he wasn't a first baseman. He did when he went to the National League. Actually, a lot of times he would sit. Yeah. And pinch hit. Mm-hmm. That's how bad he was at yeah. first base. Miggy's had to play quite a few innings at first this year, but he can still kind of get it done. He always liked it, though. Yeah. He definitely made a perfect... This is an interesting discussion. He def- definitely made I a mean, perfect throw in that Gallagher non-perfect game. <laughs> All right. Let's talk cracking. What's cracking, lacking? Boo. Boo. Seattle cracking. You start this. Awful joke. You tried to start it. It absolutely failed. Big draft tomorrow. Yeah, a lot of uh, good names left exposed, like uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, like a Carey Price. A lot of good Lightning players available, too. So, it'll be interesting. The key part with this draft is, do we see a repeat of what Vegas has done? Right? Come out of the gate and just be really good with guys they're able to get because they're all... At minimum, pretty middle-of-the-road guys. But then you still got to take the next step. I think it has to do with a lot of things in front office and coaching-wise, but you have to draft that team first. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think, in all honesty, teams would leave the guys exposed that they did overall. You have a lot of talent available on these on these open lists. You know. I already alluded to two of them with Tarasenko and Price. And then I alluded to with like Tampa, where you have, you know, Tyler Johnson who's from Washington State. But guys like Pilat is is hasn't been protected. Yanni Gord is unprotected. So it's an interesting it's an interesting case. I didn't, like I said, I didn't think teams would leave the type of players they left unprotected like they did with Vegas. Um, the fact of the matter is, to a degree, they all they didn't leave some of the guys available, kind of like they did like with Vegas. But same token, all these guys have proven to be really damn good throughout the years. Um, I think maybe the top heavy guys are better than what was left available for Vegas, but the bottom ones are probably a bit more bottom-heavy than what was left for Vegas. Mm -hmm. So it becomes an interesting scenario for the Kraken. Do you say draft a guy like Tarasenko, which is something that this part has been kicked around. Do you draft a guy like Tarasenko to flip for draft picks in the the amateur draft coming up? I think you – I don't think there's a problem with it, but I'd much rather try and give it a go with Tarasenko more than anything else just to see what happens. Or do you take that Carey Price, who is definitely obviously the Mark andre Fleury of this draft, and I wouldn't say resurrect his career. Obviously, he had one of his best career years this year with Montreal. Ed was the leader on that team to get to the Stanley Cup final, but he's carrying health baggage. He's got a knee problem, got a hip problem, by the way, it sounds, which is definitely not good for a goalie. So the Kraken are... In a pretty interesting spot overall. And the thing with hockey compared to, say, the only other expansion draft, and I think we talked about this a little bit 
before Nick to a degree. The only one off the top of your head that you can remember in our cognizant memories, at least for us, was the Charlotte, now Hornets, then Bobcats expansion draft. But that's different because in the NBA, you only have to draft, now it's 15. By the time you only had to draft 13 guys mm-hmm. in your expansion draft. So you're not even taking a, every a one player from every team like it is in the NHL. NHL, you have to take one player from each team. You have to take one player for them, now 31 teams. And you don't, obviously, that player doesn't straight up play for you come game one or in the preseason. You just have the rights to that player. So, that, like I said, it, it allows for potential trades to happen or not. So I'll ask you the question, Nick, a little bit. Can Seattle, and this is maybe a little bit of a question more further down the road, but does Seattle and can Seattle repeat what Vegas did? Absolutely. Uh, did you know, before I even get to my point, um, did you know Seattle is playing with their ice? Their ice is actual Seattle rain water. I did not. So that's pretty cool. But, uh, yes, they can. They can be just as good as Vegas. Um, I believe they're in the West, right? They're going to be in the West? Yes. yes. I, would I think they'll be in whatever, because they're going back to the normal divisions next year, whatever I think they're technically calling. I think it was the Pacific last time around. I don't know if they're still going to call it the Pacific. But. Yep. Well, uh, yes, they can. You said Carey Price is available? Yes. Boom. There's your Mark andre Fleury, just like Vegas. Um, he's still still at the best of his game. Um, maybe not the best best, but you know he took Montreal to the to the finals this year, Stanley Cup Finals. Um, so yeah, I think they can be just as good. It's always cool to see expansion, especially Seattle. You know, losing the Sonics, they're getting closer and closer, getting those Sonics back. But uh, you know, Seattle's a winner city, um, other than the baseball team. Uh, but. As a Pittsburgh guy, uh, I know what that feels like. So, uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, they say they can. It's exciting to see expansion. Uh, Thirty-two teams they got now. Yep. Just like the NFL, yep. so that's pretty cool. Um, you know, I'm still gonna be rooting for Vegas on the west side of things, but hey, Seattle Kraken, what a name! It ain't the Jamestown Tarp Skunks, but it is the Seattle Kraken. Um, but yeah, cool name, cool team. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I love the color scheme, by the way, too, for them. Green? No, it's like a nice dark blue with some like, I wouldn't call it straight up teal. It's kind of like a subdued teal, Mm. um, some gray and a nice little drop of red. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, probably got some sick sick jerseys. Have you seen the jerseys? Yes. Yes. They're cool. They're nice. Yeah. They're nice. What do you? Uh, what do you get? You gonna get a Seattle's Kraken jersey? Um. NHL have hats. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. Considering I don't even have a Tampa sweater, probably not until I get a Tampa <laughs> sweater. <laughs> Why not? I mean, they're full fledged, literally like sweaters, man. Like they're just tough. <laughs> oh, you know, winter's coming around. Shut up. <laughs> I'll tell, uh, Don't Mama, say that word Mama around here. to get you that for Christmas this year. Okay. I'll, I'll <laughs> let, let her know, and I'll you let her people know. I'll let my people know. All right. Cool. Okay. But 
yeah, looking forward to it. Seattle Kraken. Seattle Hockey. We'll see if they're a hockey town. Have they ever had hockey before? Oh, I think in the WHL, if I'm remembering right. Yeah, I'd like to see um get Carey Price. Um, who they who do you think they're gonna get from the Lightning? Um, I think the top three options right now. You have Tyler Johnson, who's from Spokane. Um, I think Polat, and then you have Jan Ruda, Jan Ruda. Who I thought initially would probably be the one they take, but I'm leaning. I think they'll probably take Pilat. Um, if this was even like two years ago, I think they'd take Tyler Johnson. How long does it take to build fans? Like, do you think people in Seattle are already big fans? Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Well, I mean, Ve- well, Vegas is a bad example because they were the first true professional team there. Um, that's something that you know, like. Like, I, I think I discussed a little bit out here one time. Like, the Raiders are going to have, like, very little claim to Vegas because they're such a nomadic team in, a, in nature. They're a nomad to that city, technically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think um, I think they're going to do really well. I think this fills a void that the NBA's should have filled – well, should have never have left void. And they can't get too upset so, because they don't be as and, successful as the Knights. But But – Seattle's a pretty rabid sport fan base. Like, let's be honest. Like, when the Mariner, the Mariners usually draw really good crowds on the weekends. Um, obviously, it's not, I'm trying to make it sound like they don't get anybody for day for weekday games, but they certainly do struggle like a lot of teams do now just on weekday games. Um, obviously, the Seahawks rabid as hell, right? Um, but I mean, the Sounders have been. One of, if not the most prolific MLS team of the past decade, and they always have a packed, packed, packed stadium. Mm-hmm. So, and by that token, I mean the Seattle Storm of the WNBA has one of the best franchises going, as well as the best franchise or fan base is going. So, I they're they're, they're going to show up. I think they really are going to show up. Um, now, with Tampa game. Bay Buccaneers, their first season didn't they go winless? Yes. So you can't be as bad as them. No. But yeah. In theory, no. <laughs> Has anybody ever won it the first year? Championship? It's a good question. I mean, technically speaking, yeah. Whoever won the first uh, Stanley Cup <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, that's true. If you want to be super technical about things. Um, I don't think so. Not to my knowledge. I know, was it the Blues who made the finals their first year, but it was only because of the way like everything was like structured at that time because the NHL brought in – that year in 70-71. They brought in both expansion and merged-in franchises from uh, Absorbed League. So, like, one whole side of the league was pretty much teams that had already been there, and the other half was all these new franchises who pretty much were all terrible anyway and just beat up on each other. And lo and behold, the Blues come in, and I think, like, a slightly above 500 clip into the Stanley Cup final and get swept out of their minds. But I think it was the Red Wings or I can't remember off the top of my head. Do you think we'll ever get an NFL team in London? Mm, God. <laughs> I think that would be so cool. No, I don't think so. I mean, logistically, it just makes no sense. It would be so cool. Mm, I don't think so. 9 a.m. games every week. Logistically, it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. They could have a base in Jacksonville. Not St. Jacksonville. Here we go. Well, they might as well be the London team. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, should be fun. Yeah. That watch being it tomorrow on ESPN yeah. two or the NHL Network. Prefer the NHL Network. Exactly. That being said, that takes us to the end of tonight's show. Appreciate you guys tuning in, listening, watching, subscribing, all the fun stuff that you do for us in Finger Lakes One. Nick, who are you shouting out today? Today I'm shouting out my cousin Karen. Karen Crisani just had her second kid, um, first boy, named Steven. Uh, her brother's named Steven. Not sure if that was the reason, but uh, congratulations to Karen. That is now my aunt and uncle on that side of the family. Have now had 10 grandkids. And uh, yeah, now I have uh, 14 first cousins once removed, 15 on the way. I feel old, but shout out, Karen. Congratulations. All right. Congrats to Karen and the family. Exciting stuff. Anyway, like, share, subscribe. Like I said, all the fun stuff to help I'm us back on the screen. Help us out. My bad. You know, I just I got I got a bit jumpy there, admittedly. <laughs> and but like, share, subscribe. All the fun stuff for us in Pinker Lakes One to help us out. We'll see you guys in two weeks again. Next week off for the summer. We're in our summer break. We'll catch you guys next week on the Fresh Takes Podcast with Russo and Felice.